Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. We're on the bike this week. A mountain bike, in fact, on the Best in the World with Richard Parr. As I speak to Sonia Looney. Sonia cycled 234 miles to win the 24-hour Mountain Biking World Championship back in 2015. It's an incredible story that Sonia tells us on this week's podcast. She talks about when she first became a mountain biker at just the age of 18. She talks about her master's degree in electrical engineering and her journey to becoming a sales and marketing manager. And using that experience, Sonia has managed to get many, many, many sponsors to continue to fund her mountain biking career. And she gives some really good tips for any young athlete or anybody who is looking to get sponsored for whatever project that they're doing. And she's got some really good actionable information that we can use to try and get some sponsors and get funding for our projects. Really listen to that part of the podcast. Sonia is also on a plant-based diet and she explains what she eats but also how it helped her become the best in the world, explains how it made her the world champion in 2015 and the American is really insightful on goal setting, mindset and morning routine. Sonia's also got her own podcast, she'll explain where you can find that on the program, it'll all be at SoniaLooney.com. This is a really, really good episode, so I hope you enjoy it. Just before we get started, I want to say about Audible. Audible is one of the leading suppliers of audiobooks in the world. At the moment, I am listening to the audiobook by Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, the comedian. It's called I Can't Make This Up. I'm about a third of the way through, but it's got some really funny stories from the early life of Kevin Hart, but also some really valuable life lessons, things that he's learned that's made him a really hardworking individual and probably one of the busiest men in Hollywood. It seems like there isn't a month that goes by without a new Kevin Hart movie. And he talks about how his mum raised him and made him into the man he is today with that hardworking attitude and hustle. So it's something that we can apply to our everyday life as well. Plus, it's also very, very entertaining. And that's the beauty of an audiobook, because an audiobook can have the narrator 
bring the story even more to life. I, I'm sure when Kevin does his narration for this, he adds a few ad-libs. Or if not, that's really interesting how the, the book is made. It's also really good because the book has been done in conjunction with Neil Strauss. You might know Neil Strauss from various different books, such as The Game. He's an excellent author. And this is a very entertaining book. So check it out on Audible. And you can check it out for free. For 30 days, Audible are giving you the chance to test out their service, and that includes one free audiobook download. So it could be I Can't Make This Up by Kevin Hart. To get that free audiobook, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash best. That's audibletrial.com forward slash best to check out their service. And if you do end up liking the service, you do decide to do it on a monthly basis and pay Audible a little bit of money, we here at the Best in the World of Richard Parr podcast should get a little bit of that contribution as well. So audibletrial.com forward slash best. All right, let's start my conversation with the best in the world, the 24-hour world champion in mountain biking, it's Sonia Looney. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Sonia Looney, 24-hour world champion mountain biker. Welcome to the Best in the World with Richard Parr. So delighted to have you on the program. We've got so much to cover on this episode, but let's start by how you first got started into mountain biking. How did that all begin? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show and hello to everybody. I got into mountain biking by accident. So I was about 18 years old and decided that I wanted to run a marathon. So I knew nothing about training and started running and I did a marathon. But guess what? I kept injuring myself because I didn't know what I was doing. So I started going to spin class at the gym because that's great cross training for aerobic fitness. And some guys from my work invited me to go mountain biking. I didn't even really know what it was. So I said yes. And two weeks later, I was entering my first race. Oh, wow. How did that first race go? Uh, It was a humbling but awesome experience. I I went in with no expectations, but I was the last person to finish because I was definitely under-equipped. But I was stoked when I got to that finish line. And I don't remember having any negative experience associated with it. So when did the, it really start to become a bug for you? When, when was it something which you were like, I've got to do this all the time? Did that pretty much happen immediately? Yeah, it happened immediately. I went and bought a new bike for my second race. And then I started training and racing at the national level. And two years later, I became a pro. So I went all in. And sometimes when you're really passionate about something, you have to just go for it and not worry about what's going to happen. Mm. Um, you said that was from the age of 18 onwards. Of course, you have a degree in, uh, is it electrical engineering? Is that right? Yeah, I got my uh, bachelor's in electrical engineering. And then my master's was also in electrical, but I focused on biomedical instrumentation. So I got to really learn about the processes of the body. And it was it was really interesting. And it really got me interested in health and also the medical field. Oh, wow. So it it was almost helping what you were doing um, as as a biker as well. Yeah, and I mean, engineering teaches you to think in a certain way. So you learn how to be analytical and to think of things in terms of systems. 
So if you're if you're training, if you're just approaching any problem in your life, it really helps to be able to break it down instead of having things be a hodgepodge in your mind. Mm. So how easy was it for you to be studying and and also training and uh, eventually becoming professional at it within two years? You know, I think it's a, it was a really good thing because it teaches you a lot about time management. And whenever you have to work and go to school and train, you also have a forced level of balance in your life. Because as a professional athlete, it's really easy to be way too focused in one area and not be focused in other areas. So I think having a little bit more balance is really important because it makes you realize that there's a lot more to life than just sport. There's a lot of other elements that bring value to you and also help define you. Mm, yeah, of, of course, when you know what, when you have your lectures and when you know when you have assignments due, that structure is already there for you. I, I guess sometimes when you walk away from that and you don't have that structure, it, it puts even more uh, pressure, I guess, more responsibility on your shoulders to do that. Um, so you, you went professional. Um, give us an idea during that time what, what your typical day would look like then, Sonia. Yeah, it's funny. So professional and mountain biking, most professionals have to work. Most professional athletes have to have a job because sponsorship is really difficult. And mountain biking isn't exactly a spectator sport. So it's it's harder to make money doing it. So most professional mountain bikers, they work a full-time job. So I was working as a solar engineer in Boulder, Colorado. And I learned that I was far more passionate about marketing and far more passionate about building businesses than I was about engineering. So I was still kind of managing my time the same way I was when I was in school, but I now had the freedom to control more what I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And I became more and more dissatisfied with my career as an engineer, and I decided that I needed a change. And I had written a blog post about a backpack. Um, it was in 2008 or 2007 when blogs were kind of the big thing. Mm. And I didn't know who was reading it. I didn't know anything about it. I just was doing it for fun. And I ended up sending so much traffic to this company's website about their backpack that they called me and they wanted me to be on their team. And later they offered me a job as their national sales and marketing manager. <laughs> so wow. it kind of it kind of worked out in that I was passionate about something and I didn't have a background in it. And a lot of times people think that, well, in order to do something new, I have to be qualified and there's an imposter syndrome, but you just have to, you just have to do it. So I said yes to the job and I figured that I would learn as I went and I was able to travel the United States and I started racing my bike in more places because my work was paying for my travel and I had more flexibility to train. So that really was a huge stepping stone in my career to get to where I am today. Oh, sounds like a, a match made in heaven there. So uh, I was looking at your website earlier and, and you mentioned money there and, and, and finance and I noticed on your site that you've got quite a lot of sponsors now and obviously it makes sense to, to them because they want to be involved with a, a world champion such as yourself. Back in those days, did that marketing job help you attract sponsors? And, and, and if so, do you have any tips you'd be able to give any, any young cyclists or young sports people to, to help them do that? Yeah, absolutely. So it was funny because my, my ability to market myself is what gave me my job in marketing. So <laughs> it was kind of the other way around. But as I worked for a brand, I, I realized that what sponsors are looking for. And in that time, things were really shifting. So it used to be that, oh, you just go fast or you 
get a good result or you win and people want to sponsor you. But really, it's not about that now. It's it's about, yes, having credibility. And that's important when people are looking to make purchases because they're looking at you as the authority. But you need to build your own community. And you can really easily do that online with all the different platforms out there. There's, there's a million. And just finding the one that has the right voice for you. So my advice to people is if you want to be a brand ambassador or you want to get sponsors, number one, when you write a proposal, don't make it about you. Make it about them. Make it about how you're going to help them sell more products, how you're going to help them build their brand and figure out what their brand message is and make sure that you fit in with that. And number two, don't just take anything. I have tons of sponsors that approach me, but if it doesn't fit what what's working with me, then I say no, because the moment that you start promoting something that you don't believe in, you're going to lose all your authenticity. And it's easy to do when someone walks up to you and offers you money to do an Instagram post, but it might not fit what you're doing at all. And number three, being approachable. And again, I said it's about building community. And once you start building community, the sponsors will come because, and you, you have to go after them, but you have to be able to respond to people around you. You have to be nice. You have to lead by example. And really the, the great thing about social media and videos and all the things that we have is that we can show people what a lifestyle looks like and we can empower people to go for those things and to do those things that they want to do because if they feel like they know you, it makes it easier for them to try. And I think one of the amazing things about social media also is the fact that you can now connect with people all around the world. The the fact you're on the phone to me from uh, Colorado and I'm here in Brighton, I I think is absolutely incredible. And I'm sure throughout your your career, you've been to so many different places. And and in fact, uh, one of the things I, I saw on your website as well is that you've met some of the most courageous and inspiring people. Is there one person who was the most inspiring to you and who were they and and where was that situation? The interesting thing is you would think that I would say, oh, another pro athlete, but really the most inspiring people I meet are, there's two that I can think of off the top of my head. And one of them was in Nepal and I did the, it's it's the world's highest mountain bike race. So you go over the Annapurna region over 18,000 feet or 5,400 meters with your bike. And there was a guy there named Papa Andre, and he was this guy from India. He was a French guy living in India, and he was in his mid to late 60s, and he did this race. And the other was in Morocco. I did a race in the Sahara Desert, and it was another older gentleman, and he didn't make the time cut off, but he brought his own headlamp so that he could finish each day in the dark. Like, we'd all be eating dinner, and we'd all been done for hours, and then here he comes. So the the bottom line between these two individuals that's the same is that these two people have the most persistence and patience and tenacity far more than someone like me because I'm done really quickly and it's a lot easier for me but they're out there and they know they're going to be out there forever and they're able to keep going and they have a smile on their face and it's just such a great example of what it means to, to have determination. Mm, it's, it's amazing and to be able to go up to mountains in Nepal and in the Sahara and I know you've ridden in jungles and everything like that what is it about your mental state about your mindset that you are able to tackle these challenges well it's, it's something that is a learned a learned mindset <laughs> in my first few races as a professional I would be upset and I'd be crying in my races because I felt like I wasn't good enough and I felt like I sucked. 
But really, it's you have to realize that it's not about that. It's about the experience and it's about the adventure. So every single time that things aren't going well, you have a choice and you have an opportunity. And you can go down the rabbit hole of this sucks, I suck, blah, blah, blah. And that teaches your mind to, to think that way in all situations. You, tra- you can train your brain and there's actually... Um, changes. Your brain has neuroplasticity, so you can actually affect the way that your brain works. So whenever you're doing something challenging and things aren't going the way you want, you have an opportunity to look at the stress and say, I'm going to get better because of this. And here's an opportunity for me to to look at the next hill. And instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm so tired, my legs hurt, how am I going to make it up that hill? You can say, I'm, I'm going to make it up that hill and it's going to make it even easier the next time I have to go up a hill because I know that I can do it. And it's not about doing it perfectly, it's not about feeling good the whole time, but it's about conquering it. Because once you start building that, once you start overcoming hurdles and feeling good about it, you don't have to enjoy it, but <laughs> once you can overcome it, you realize that the, more that the more that you can do, and it gives you more confidence in your life, and it gives you more confidence to just try new things that you haven't done before. And I I recommend a book to everybody. It's my favorite book. It's called The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor. And it's about how to reframe your mind to be more positive and to be more happy. And it's not it's not a finish line. It's it's a work in progress, but it really teaches you how to reframe things and how to tell yourself how you talk to yourself, because self-talk is incredibly important when it comes to mindset. I love a good book recommendation, Sonia. So I'll definitely be checking that out. It's funny, I was at the train station yesterday and the man at the at the kiosk where I was buying a coffee, I said, how are you doing today? He said, I'm, I'm good. He said, how are you? I said, I'm not bad. And, and he said, you, you need to remove that not bad from your mindset, from your vocabulary, and you just need to say good because if it's, the good is the same as not bad and it makes you not think about that and uh, different people cope with things differently as as the way they uh, have an outlook on life and you mentioned there of being able to get through through things is there anything you do on a day-to-day basis to help you with that beyond the cycling which helps the cycling do do you you understand what i mean yes i would say that um like meditation is really helpful. And that's a big, that's a big buzzword right now. But if you don't want to meditate, you don't want to, it's hard to do it. And I admit that I don't do it as often as I should, but just recognizing what's happening in your, in your body and in your mind. And it's that self-awareness is, is hard to do because we're so busy and we don't ever stop and check in. So anytime something comes up, I stop and check in, how am I doing and how am I feeling? And when things aren't, and I keep going back to when things aren't going well, because life is so easy when things are going perfectly. But when they're when they're challenging, that's when it's hard. And that's when we need help. So um, when things aren't going well, I ha- I tell myself, it's okay to feel bad. Like a lot of times, we'll try and sweep the emotion under the rug and say, I'm good when we're not good. Um, but just trying to sit with those and say that it's okay to feel bad. But it's what you choose to do next. And just accepting those those feelings and accepting that that's how it is, but then just taking action to make it better instead of getting in stuck in a rut. So on a daily basis, I would say that I attack any problem or any challenge that comes my way by checking in with myself and seeing how it feels and then just telling myself that it's okay and I just have to keep working towards it. 
And another big thing that I that I have lately I've been working with that that's been a challenge for me is um, this is the time of year where I negotiate all my sponsorships. So I, I had quit my job uh, doing marketing about three four years ago, and I wrote all my own sponsorship proposals. And I went on my own as an athlete. And it's really hard because you have to be basically your own agent and you have to negotiate and you have to be able to sell yourself. And that's not my favorite part of my job. And there's a lot of rejection involved. And it's it's normal in any entrepreneurial endeavor to have a lot of failure and a lot. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. ...of rejection, but it starts to get to you. So in those moments, I have to stop and I have to focus on why I'm doing what I'm doing and tell myself it's not about getting sponsors. It's not about trying to make money. I'm doing this because it makes me feel alive and it helps me it helps me make other people's lives better because I'm able to set examples. I'm able to tell my stories. And that's what really matters. It doesn't matter how many sponsors you have. It doesn't matter how much money you're making. It does, None of that matters. What matters is the impact you're having on the world. So being able to step back and focus on why you're doing something instead of the outcomes or the things that you may or may not like is really important on a day-to-day basis. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. There's been some really good advice from Sonia on this podcast regarding sales and marketing and getting sponsors. And of course, if you want to get involved with the Best in the World with Rich Park podcast, if you would like to be a sponsor, please drop us an email. Just send it to sportsdesk at sportachino.com. That's sportsdesk at sportachino.com. If you don't want to be a sponsor per se, perhaps you want to be a patron as part of patreon.com. We are on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash best in the world. And it's a chance for you to give us basically a little bit of money each month. It's almost a little bit of a subscription, if you like, for this free podcast. But you'd help us keep the lights on, keep the electricity going, keep giving us the time to go and get these amazing World and Olympic champions to speak to and learn from every single week. 
It's a real place where we can build a community and for the level of money you want to support us with, you get different things in return. Go and check it out. They are there under the tiers and it's all at patreon.com forward slash best in the world. I would really appreciate it if you were to support us. All right, let's return to the conversation with Sonia Looney. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Give us an idea of what your morning routine is, please, Sonia. Uh, well, I'd like to say I have this amazing morning routine, <laughs> but my morning routine is, you know, if I'm being quite honest, I know what a morning routine should look like, but my morning routine is pretty much like everybody else's, and it's it's not something I'm super proud of, but I wake up, the first thing I do is I look at my phone, and I'm trying to change that by putting my phone in another room so my phone is not the first point of contact in the morning. Um, and then I go and make a coffee, and then I get on my computer and I start working, which is something else I'd like to change, but it's really hard to, to break those habits. So what a morning routine for me ideally would look like is I get up, I don't look at my phone, and I go for a walk outside. And so that's something that I would like to change in having drinking water before coffee. And um, it's hard because I'll go through times where I have this habit dialed and I'm doing this on a daily basis, and then something shifts in routine, and then I'm not doing that anymore, and I go back to my old habits. And that's quite common with goal setting and trying to create new habits in life because it's hard to break, it's hard to break old habits. Yeah, your morning routine sounds like mine, and and also the the one that you want to have also sounds like mine. <laughs> I think I think we all struggle with that from time to time. Let, let's talk a bit a bit more about goal setting, there, Sonia. How how often do you set your goals, and do do you have any tips you'd give to people to be more successful in achieving their own goals? Yeah, absolutely. So. First of all, um, I have my own podcast called The Sonia Looney Show, and there's another great book called The 12-Week Year, and the book is specifically about goal setting, and I interviewed the author of that book, so I'm not, I can't remember which episode it is, but if you guys want to listen to that episode, it's The 12-Week Year, but um, I actually changed my goal setting because of that book, so a lot of times we set annual goals, and annual goals are difficult because they're so long, and also because it's hard to it's hard to stay accountable and we usually wait until the end of the year. So the 12 week year you set goals every 12 weeks and you pretend 12 weeks is a year and you also don't set too many goals. So the problem is that a lot of us will set a billion goals because yeah, we want to accomplish things and and that's normal, but then you get overwhelmed and then you start feeling bad that you're not actually accomplishing what you set out for. So Setting less goals is number one, and that's hard to do. So setting like three goals, three big goals per quarter, um, and then finding people to support you. So I have a friend of mine that I work with, and we meet every two weeks, and we talk about our goals, and we make sure that we're staying on, on task with what we're trying to do because saying it out loud really helps. But I'd say the biggest thing with goal setting, and it's funny because I just wrote a, a huge article on goal setting is not focusing on the goal itself. The goal is the direction that you want to move, but you can't always control the outcome. So like if you're trying to get a raise at work, say that was one of your goals, you can't really control what your boss is going to do, but you can control your daily actions. And what that means is working towards, taking those steps and working towards the goal will help you trend in the right direction. 
So what do you need to do at work on a daily basis to perform better and to show your boss that you're doing better? Or like if you're trying to lose weight, say you want to lose weight in a certain period of time, sometimes you can't always control that. And even exercising, um, sometimes you gain weight because you're putting on muscle. So what are you doing on a daily basis to make sure that you are getting healthier because that's the goal oftentimes of losing weight is to look better and be healthier. So how are you controlling your diet? How are you making healthy decisions one after another on a daily basis? So focusing on your process instead of your outcome, I think is the biggest thing with setting a goal, set the goal and then forget it and then focus on the daily actions that you need to do to, to achieve that goal. Oh, wow. I will definitely put up a link to that podcast uh, when this show goes out, we'll put that in the description page to make sure everyone can listen to it. Um, you mentioned a book there. One that uh, I was recommended on, on a similar type of theme was um, The One Thing by Gary Keller. That's that's a really good book. But again, unfortunately, I'm <laughs> a bit like my morning routine. I have uh, great ideas of trying to carry it through but unable to actually do it as you mentioned a billion goals probably for tuesday that is that is my list so <laughs> i need to listen to your podcast and and read that book i think um i, I mentioned stephanie rice there and she was a, a guest on on one of our previous episodes the former olympic champion swimmer and her and another swimmer, Rebecca Sony, both after they retired, they took up plant-based diets and they both believe had they had them during their competitive swimming careers that they would have still achieved the success that they've had. And uh, a plant-based diet is something that you follow. How did that come about for you, Sonia? Yeah, so I've been eating a plant-based diet for about four and a half years and I had met my now husband who was eating a plant-based diet and he told me about it and I wasn't really receptive to the idea. I ate mostly unprocessed foods and I ate mostly healthy, um, but I learned an, a, about why you should eat a plant-based diet by watching Forks Over Knives documentary and now there's tons of great ones. Um, that was kind of one of the first ones, but I learned that you can control to some degree your your cardiovascular health and preventing cancer with diet. And those things were hugely on my mind because we see people die of heart attacks, strokes, and cancer every single day. And I love I love living and I want to live as long as possible. I wanna I wanna live to a hundred and or, or older. And um it's, it's interesting. There's a great book called Healthy at 100, and it talks about civilizations around the world where people are living to age 100 and what they're doing. And they, they aren't old and feeble and weak. Like the older people look like they're in their 50s and 60s. So what motivated me was because I wanted to be healthier. Um, but a, a side effect was that I actually got faster and I wasn't expecting that to happen. I was concerned about what would happen. What if I don't get enough protein, which is the common question about when people stop eating meat, but I didn't win the world championship until I changed my diet. So I became the 24 hour world champion two years after eating a plant-based diet and why you're more successful as an athlete on a plant-based diet is because it's highly anti-inflammatory because you're eating fruits and vegetables and legumes and all the things that are really good. You're getting high quality nutrients. And most of all, you're, because your heart health is getting better, you're, you're removing and reversing any, any symptoms of heart disease that you're having, you're able to get better blood flow to your 
your body and you need blood flow, especially as an endurance athlete. So your, and your recovery gets better too, because your body isn't fighting against the things you're eating. Your body can now help recover whatever systems or muscles that you're straining as an athlete. So the, the most important thing is that you get enough calories because a lot of people are worried, Oh, like I, I can't put on muscle or I'm losing weight. And I definitely do not have that problem. Hmm. So give us an idea of what you're typically eating in a day, Sonia, particularly around race time. Yeah, so it, it's you have to make a few different shifts around like right around race day because you don't want too high fiber. So um, I, I actually don't recommend that you eat that way all the time. But I try to reduce the amount of fiber in my diet like the night before or the morning of a race. But my typical diet doesn't change very much. So I, I usually have steel cut oats in the morning for breakfast. And then I have I have greens every day, like multiple cups of greens. And you don't have to make a salad. Like for me, it, there's I, I hate sitting there and chopping stuff up and making a salad. And then the tediousness of eating the salad bothers me because it takes too long. And I know that that's, that's not <laughs> <laughs> like we're supposed to sit down and enjoy this process of eating our food, which I typically do. But I just take huge handfuls out of, a package of greens and I eat it all in one sitting. You can eat two big handfuls of greens in less than three minutes. And then you have your daily allotment of leafy greens, which is super important. So I have that and I have all my, all my things, all my food I eat, I cook at home. So I have my food often has a bunch of vegetables and some kind of bean and some kind of sauce that I made. And then you can put it over a whole grain like sprouted brown rice or uh, quinoa. So that's kind of what my daily diet, it, it goes, it really follows um, Dr. Gregor, nutritionfacts.org. He has an app called The Daily Dozen, and it has 12 things that you should have in your diet on a daily basis that will help you live the longest. So I just look at that app, and I just try and incorporate all those things into my diet. And even if you don't eat plant-based, you want to eat meat and dairy and all that other stuff, just check that app out and just start adding those things in, even if you don't want to give up meat, and you'll still be healthier. Okay, I'll, I'll take a look at that app. Um, Sonia, just before we go, let's hear about the day you became world champion because that must have been an amazing, exhausting <laughs> day for you. I, 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 was, I was honest, Sonia, I was looking it up earlier and I was just exhausted reading it. Um, around 234 miles, 24-hour race, 29,000 feet of elevation gain over the course of the race. Uh, t tell us about that day, please, Sonia. It's incredible. Yeah, so for 24-hour racing, which I don't do a ton of anymore. I do mostly multi-day races. But 24-hour racing, you ride the same course. It's a it's a trail. It's a lap. And you ride it however many laps you can do in 24 hours. So that means you don't stop. Um, you actually try – yeah, I only stop for seven minutes in 24 hours to go to the bathroom and maybe to do some light battery changes. Um but it was it was it meant a lot to me because when you race your bike for 24 hours, that is a true test of determination, persistence, and patience. And it's really really difficult to be in the lead for that long because you have so much to lose. You have the world. You could lose being the world champion, and it would take bad luck or making a mistake. So being done with that was such a great accomplishment, and it meant a lot to me because that is something I'll have with me the rest of my life. But what happened after that is really, I think, the more interesting thing. I had this feeling of letdown, this feeling of, well, now what am I supposed to do in my career? Now now what am I supposed to achieve? And I think that that actually happens quite a bit with people who have been working hard towards something. 
Um, another example everybody can relate with is paying off your debt. Like once you pay off that credit card you've been working at forever and it's paid off, you're like, whoa, like that, this feels kind of weird and kind of like now I don't have to strive for that anymore. So now what am I supposed to do? So having to sit back and redefine kind of what I wanted to do in my career was a big growth thing that I had to do. Um, because I'm not somebody that wants to just sit and rest on my laurels and say, yeah, back, back, back two years ago, I was a world champion. I want to accomplish other things. So, um, that great feeling of working hard towards something and seeing it pay off years later is, is great. And also the, the process of having to redefine what you want to do is also really great and also challenging. Mm, it's interesting. There's been a, a few people we've spoken to on this podcast who have, faced a, a similar situation to you once they've become an Olympic champion or a world champion or broken a world record they have that what next in, in fact an interesting one I, I remember is the speed skating Olympic champion Chad Hedrick who actually on the podium that's when he found Christianity because he was like huh. well what, what what's next for me and, and that's kind of where that led him the other interesting thing though Sonia is after that success and after the initial excitement and hype and press interest and everything like that, there, there's often a little bit of a dip. And it's a similar type thing for people who uh, retire. Did you have that in any way? Uh, I did. I did a little bit. Um, I would say that the next year of, of racing, I felt my perception was, oh, that this wasn't that great of a year when in reality it was, but you're comparing it to the year you had before. And it's also common for people who did well in the Olympics. Like I was riding with a great friend of mine over the weekend and she was a bronze medalist in the last Olympics in mountain biking. And she said, yeah, like this year was really hard because last year I, I got the bronze in the Olympics and it's, it's normal to have that happen. Yeah. So it is pretty common. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can understand that. Well, Sonia, it's been really good to speak to you. Thank you so much for being on today's program. Uh, just before you go, why don't you let us know where we can find out more about you with your website, online, where we can catch up with what you're up to, and also maybe a little bit more about your podcast as well, please. Yeah, awesome. So my podcast is The Sonia Looney Show, and you can find it on all the different podcast apps and on my website, sonialooney.com slash podcast. And Instagram is at Looney Sonia, and I'm the most active on there, but I also am active on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, and I also have a plant-based Facebook group that everybody is invited to join called the Plant Powered Tribe with Sonia Looney, and you don't have to be a vegan or eat plant-based to join it. You just have to be interested in healthy lifestyle. So my website is a great place that feeds into all of those areas, sonialooney.com and Instagram. So looking forward to connecting with all the guests. Hopefully uh, some of you guys check out my podcast as well. And thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, thank you, Sonia. Thank you for being on the program. And thank you for being the best in the world. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. You can tell Sonia has her own podcast because she's clearly a wonderful speaker and I think we can all agree we learned a lot from her on this week's Best in the World with Richard Barr. If you're into your endurance sports, maybe you want to go back and listen to a couple of our other podcasts on the Best in the World with Richard Barr, perhaps episode 17 with Lizanne Van Vuren, who was part of the first ever female crew to row across the Pacific Ocean. That's back at episode 17. 
Plus, two episodes ago, I spoke to Kasper Steinfaff. He tried to paddleboard from Denmark to Norway. That's an amazing story. Maybe go back and listen to that if you haven't already. Plus, we don't have any others as far as mountain biking, but we've had a few cyclists on the program. Two that I can think of off the top of my mind is Callum Skinner, that's episode 60, and Katie Archibald at episode 48. They're both Olympic champion cyclists in the velodrome, so I highly recommend you going to listen and learn from them. And we'll have even more great guests coming up for you on this podcast. So please subscribe to us on iTunes, Acast or on Stitcher. That means you will never miss an episode. Plus, if you get a chance to give us a rating or a review on iTunes or Stitcher, I would really appreciate that. All right, I'm going to be back next week for another episode of The Best in the World with Richard Butt. I can't wait to learn from another world or Olympic champion, world record holder or world number one. Until then, have a great week. Goodbye. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.